illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down at eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right hash from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right hash. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, 10, into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Nick. he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heiner Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver and director of thermodynamic lip immersion, my host and brother, the Beach. How the hell are you doing, Beach? <laughs> I'm doing good, Billy. Happy to be here as always. Yes, 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 yes. I, I love to spend my uh, either Sunday or Monday nights with you. Yes, yes. Well, let's quit with the pleasantries and get on to things. <laughs> the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk some beaver sports, football, tailgating, and screw around along the way. Beach. Yes. We're going to have a little listener feedback. We'll talk some Beaver sports news. I think we might have an update from Eugene. We'll go under further review for week 10. We'll have a Tommy Tuberville jackass of the week. We'll preview the week com- week 11 upcoming games. And I think we're going to finish it off with a Rosie Ruiz cheaters and horrors. Wow. You really rambled that crap off, Billy. There you go. Are, are, do, we have a, do we have a timeline or do we just have a lot of crap to cover in a short period? No, no we just got a lot of stuff to cover. But you know uh, what show number this is. If you guys are really us, what number are we thinking of? 69, dudes! <gasps> 69, dudes! Is that right? That is exactly right, yes. Dude. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Buddy. I think this might be my first 69 ever, Billy. Uh, let's listen. Uh, I want to remind all of our listeners that you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on the Stitcher Radio app. You can also subscribe to us on iTunes. Remember, if you want to get in touch with us, there's several ways. Email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter. Just search for at HeinrichTailgator. Also, check out HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Yes. All right, Beej, you ready for some <laughs> listener feedback? I love listener feedback. I, you know, I, I met, I think it was listener number eight 
Was yes, it? Yes, you did. You did. Yeah. <laughs> you did meet listener number eight. Although it's funny because actually you've had multiple hundreds every week. Crazy. I know. But I, I guess we are the number one rated uh, fan. fan produced, uh, beaver-centric. Uh, podcast tailgating tinged podcast yeah there you go there's many buddy there's a lot that want to be like us but none of us are us that's exactly right thank god so beach we only got one piece of listener feedback and it was from listener doug Ooh, loving you doug yeah he emailed us and he was uh going off or uh sending us a little information about last week's show where we at we were talking about weight classes and you asked how many Uh uh-huh he emailed and said there are 10 weight classes in NCAA wrestling. 125, 133, 141, 149, 157, 165, 174, 184, 197, and heavyweight, which has a maximum weight of 285 pounds. Where in the heck did they come up with those numbers? Well, if you look at it, 125... And then you go eight pounds to 133, eight pounds to 141, eight pounds to 149, eight pounds okay. to 157, eight pounds to 165, nine then pounds was... to 174, 10 okay. pounds to 184, 13 pounds to 197, and then the heavyweight. Okay. So it kind of makes sense. I, I guess. So you got the eight pound thing going on, but then it all gets messed up when you get to the heavies. Well, you start getting to the bigger weights, you're giving them a little more room. Gotcha. So, all right, Beach, let's talk Ma- about mass. Mass isn't as a big a thing when it comes to the bigger people. It's a smaller percentage. Yeah. Uh, let's get to some Beaver sports news. You ready to go? Yeah. All right, Beach, first up is women's volleyball. The Oregon State volleyball team used a season-high 407 hitting percentage and balanced scoring attack to defeat the California Golden Bears in straight sets on Friday night at Gill Coliseum. Sweet. Yeah. I love volleyball, and it's nice to see them actually – Get a win. Yeah. And then on Sunday, the team fell to the seventh-ranked Stanford Cardinal in three sets. Wow. Yeah. Disappointment. It's like it's like Viagra and then gone, like saltpeter, just like yeah, that. Pretty much. Uh, the Beavs are now 15-9, and nine, or excuse me, 5-19 and 19 overall, 3-11 and 11 in the Pac-12, and they hit the road next weekend for a pair of Los Angeles area matches. Uh, they're set to face USC on Thursday, November 12th at 7.30, and UCLA on Sunday, November 15th for an 11 a.m. match. Let's hope they fare against UCLA a little bit better than the football team did. Yeah, let's hope so. Uh, moving on to women's soccer beach. The Oregon, Oregon State led for nearly 82 minutes before Oregon rallied for a 2-1 victory at Lorenz Field on Friday in the women's soccer edition of the 2015-16 Civil War Series. Now, it was the final game of the season for the Beavs, who finished 6-10-3 overall, 2-9-0 in the Pac-12. It was also the last game at OSU for goalie Melanie Trumbull, defender Gwen Bike, and midfielder Amanda Tews, departing seniors who were honored in a pregame ceremony. Hey, Billy, so 82 minutes uh, before they rallied. How many minutes are in a soccer game? Isn't that 90? Okay. I think they play two 45-minute halves. Okay, just curious. I believe. Isn't it? I have no idea. I I thought there might be a negative time. I had no idea. I always ask these of you, and I expect, you know, it's like you're my own little Wikipedia, you know? You're my Google. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm pretty sure it's 45. 90 minutes, yeah. 
Okay. I pushed a little button on my phone and I said, okay, Billy. And you answer. Uh, it's two 45-minute halves. Okay. So we were in all a negative ma- time. Yeah. All matches have an overtime period if the game remains tied after 90 minutes. And then if they are still tied, they just end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless it's a playoff game. And well, penalty kicks. well, hopefully uh, we'll miss those ladies. So what's next, Billy? What's next up on the itinerary? Men's soccer. Okay. Sophomore Jordan Jones scored his seventh goal of the season, but was not enough for the Oregon State men's soccer team as the Beavs were defeated 4-1 to by number 19 UCLA Friday afternoon in L.A. Sophomore forward Jordan Jones scored twice to lift the Oregon State men's soccer team to a 3-1 to win over San Diego State Sunday afternoon in San Diego. So the Beavs went 1-1. One down in Southern California this last weekend. Mm-hmm. And the Beavs will host their 2015 Senior Day this Thursday when they take on Washington at 2 p.m. The match will be a part of the Northwest Rivalry Series presented by Alaska Airlines. Hmm. So Cool. Yep. Moving well, along. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, sounds like uh, this weekend wasn't good for us against Ukla at all. Mm, nah. Nope. Nope. On wrestling, right, Beach. Okay, with, with the 10 different weight classes. All right. Oregon State wrestlers won every weight class on Sunday as the Beavs dominated the season-opening Mike Clock Open tournament at Pacific University. OSU champions were Keegan, Kalkin, Keegan Kalkins at 125, Joey Palmer at 133, Jack Hathaway at 141, Joey Delgado at 149, Abraham Rodriguez at 157, Seth Thomas at 165, Tyler Che at 174, Corey Grigo at 184, Cody Crawford at 197, and Amavir Desi at heavyweight. Now, the Beavs open their dual meet season on Sunday against West Virginia, Northern Iowa, and Nebraska at the Northeast Duels in Albany, New York. Sweet. Yeah. So, yeah, winning every weight class is pretty good, and they took a lot of seconds in most weight classes, too. Wow. So yeah. we're, 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 our bench warmers are even good. Yep. yep. Sweet. Okay, Beej, on and, to... And, and I'm assuming, uh, was Oregon there at that... Uh, was Oregon at that uh, little... Little Mike Clock Open at Pacific University? Uh, the Mike Clock Open? Yeah, the Mike Clock Open. Uh, I don't know, Beej. Let me look here. Oh, oh, Beach. Yeah. Oregon cut the wrestling program. Freaking a! Every freaking week, I forget that crap. So, so how did their competitive cheer do over the weekend? I don't, I don't know. There's only like five teams that compete in competitive cheer. Actually, it's no longer called competitive cheer. Remember? What's it called again? Acrobatics and tumbling and acrobatics team. Okay. But that's different than gymnastics. Correct. Okay. And there's five teams. So how are they faring? Are they rated? Are they probably. ranked? Probably. probably. Probably ranked in the top five. Here, I'll, let me, you know what? I will Google it for you. Well, that's good because if they're in the top five, that way Oregon can take home a trophy no matter what. And God knows they need a trophy because they're definitely not going to get a Rose Bowl trophy this year. NCAA acrobatics and did, did, you, did you see what I just did there, Billy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Just so National sure. Collegiate Acrobatics and Tumbling. 
Okay, I'm going to look it up here, Googling this. Okay, well, Baylor is hosting the uh, 2016. Man, I've never even heard of some of these schools. <laughs> here we go. Here's the members. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's more schools now. Oh, good. So so because Oregon joined in, kind of like when Oregon State started playing baseball, Oregon jumped into the baseball. So now that Oregon's jumping into competitive cheer, okay. all the USA schools are all jumping into competitive yep. cheer. Okay, I'm going to give you... Give them a chance. One, two, three. There's 13 teams now that are members wow. of the National Collegiate Acrobatics and Tumbling Association. So it's tough to even break the top 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I listened to the... You ready? I'll, I'm going to give you all of the major players in acrobatics and tumbling, and then I'll give you everybody else. Okay, we're talking like Michigan State. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna go. Florida I'll go State, alphabetical because they're listed. Alpha, they're listed alphabetically here. So okay. I'm gonna give you all the Division One schools. Okay, like the okay. big the big schools. Like okay, all the Power Five. You know what the Power Five conferences are for football? It's like the Pac-10 or the Pac-12, the Big Ten, the Big yeah. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. Here's all the power five alphabetically. Okay. okay. Starting at A, going through Z. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. First up, Baylor University. All right. Baylor. Big 12. You know, they got a good okay. football team, had some good basketball teams. Yeah. Okay. Next up, alphabetically, big uh, power five school. Okay. University of Oregon. Oh, is that, are you using the U or the O? Doesn't matter. Okay. University of Oregon second. Okay. And that's it. Wow. Yeah. Here, I'm okay, going to give you... Three. Okay, okay, okay. No. All I'm right, gonna second, give you, tier. second tier. I'm going to second tier. Th- okay. This is like, if this was a GOB debate, this is the debate that happens before the real debate, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. okay. So, here you go. These are schools that I kind of heard of before. Okay. Okay? Right. Ready? Obscure. Okay. No, 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 no. These are schools that I've heard of before. Okay? Oh, okay, okay. We're going to go... We're not even to the obscure yet. No, 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 no. We're going to go... Alphabetically, A to Z again. You ready? Okay. All right. All right. Okay. First one, Azusa Pacific. I've heard of that school. Exactly. There you go. There you go. Okay. That starts with an A. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Cool. Second one. All right. Concordia University, Wisconsin. You know, that's probably a pretty good school. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, I, I think that's a, a religious school. Is it? I mean, like, that's yeah. where you go to become a reverend for the Lutheran Church. Well, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a Lutheran college, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's several. There's a Concordia in Portland. Yeah, but a lot of it's theology there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some probably other things, too, but I think a good majority is theology. Okay, okay. okay. So, All right, going so on. Yeah, Azusa Pacific, Concordia. Remember, these are alphabetical. Okay. All right. Next up. Quinnipiac University. So we went from A to C to Q? Yeah, Quinnipiac. Quinnipiac. Yeah. You've heard of this school? Well, because the Beavs played them in baseball a couple years ago. Okay. We were at the game. We tailgated before. Oh, that was that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quinnipiac. Okay. Okay. I was drunk. I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you were. Okay, and that's so. It. Wow. So, okay. okay. So we've got two big-time schools. Yeah. Three, three schools that Bill's heard of before. That three schools that Bill's heard of before, and okay. Brian was drunk for the last one. <laughs> okay. So, and but so now that when they say Quinnipiac, you, you remember that sound school, right? Yeah. So that's five schools. So that leaves us, if I do my math here right, eight schools left. Yeah. You ready? I'm ready. These are some powerhouses in 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 just everything here. You ready? Okay. 
Adrian College. I went to school with a kid named Adrian. He was really weird. I was thinking about that the other day. Adrian yeah. Van Wormer. Van Wormer. What the hell kind of name is Van Wormer? I don't know. I wonder whatever happened you know, to him. I tried to look him up he, on Facebook. Couldn't find he's him. He's either a brilliant mind or becoming a Unabomber. Exactly. Yeah. That's okay, kind okay. of where I've always so, thought of Adrian so Van Wormer. this is, again. He might be He might be fan number nine. I don't know. Could, or listener number nine. I Adrian, if you are, we apologize. <laughs> okay, Probably go Probably going into a very nice man with a beautiful wife and a couple yeah. weird kids. Okay. Yeah. Up next, Beach. Alderson Brodus University. Okay, and where's this at? I don't know. Oh, I can click on it. Let's see. Their <laughs> uh, emblem is a big game. Ooh, they're in Philippi, West Virginia. West Virginia. Founded in 1870, enrollment of 870. Wow, it's probably the only the probably the only sport they can afford. Okay, Adrian College. Ooh, they're the Bulldogs. Founded in 1859 in Adrian, Michigan. Okay. A moment of 1650. Wow. And they're NC. It's uh, almost as big as my high school. They're Division Three. Is there such a thing as Division Three? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, Alderson Brodus was Division Two. Okay. Okay. And Azusa Pacific, we've already talked about, and they are Division Two out of Azusa, California. Azusa. The Azusa Pacific Cougars. Okay. Next up. Okay, we'll look at Concordia University. They're probably Division Three, I bet. Yes, Division Three, out of McQuan, Wisconsin. Enrollment of seven thousand nine hundred and forty-three. See, look at them, Division Three, and pulling out seven thousand. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next up, Fairmont State University. Any idea where I've, that's at? I've never heard of the state of Fairmont, so I'm guessing it's. They're the Fighting not. Falcons, baby. I I think it'd be cool if somebody had like the Millennium Falcons. Okay. <laughs> They're founded in 1865, enrollment of 4,600. They're in Princeton, West Virginia. So that's our second school from West Virginia. Division two. Two schools from West Virginia. Okay. Next up. State must be freaking full of acrobatic, tumbling sons of bitches. Yeah. Next up. Gannon University. Gannon University. Yeah. You know, I feel like when we do this, this is kind of like that old Johnny Carson bit, you know, where the the great – what was he where he put the hat Karnak. on? Yeah, the great Karn, the mighty Karnak, yeah. where he's like Azusa Pacific, and then I have to come up with the with the punchline. Well, you know, you're not that good. I know um, I'm not. I suck, but so that's he, what I he feel had like good writers. You don't. He had great writers. You yourself. <laughs> no, I suck. Okay, so Gannon University. Okay, they're Gannon the, University. They're the Golden Knights, and they're from Erie, Pennsylvania, with an enrollment of 4,200, Division Two. All right. Up next, Georgetown College. Like out of Washington, D.C.? No, not university. Oh. College. Uh, located in Georgetown, Kentucky. Founded in 1829. Enrollment of 1,256. Smaller than my high school. And their affiliation? Yep. NAIA. So they're not even NCAA. NAIA. So, so what does that mean they are? They're independent. It's a different. It's different than the NCAA. So it'd be like a Division Four. Well, yeah, but there's no Division Four. There's NAIA. So how do they get in with the NCAA then? Don't they have a conflict? This isn't of, a like, NCAA. This isn't an NCAA sanctioned event at all. Nope. It's just a bunch of radicals. Okay. Next up, Glenville State University, Georgia. 
They're the Pioneers. Nope, not Georgia. I have no idea where Glenville is. Sounds like a Georgia. Sounds like a Georgia. School. I don't know why they'd be the Pioneers in this state. Uh, Florida, New York. Nope. nope. Uh, Maryland. No. Where's everybody else been from? Uh, West Virginia. There you go, Glenville, West Virginia. Enrollment of one thousand eight hundred and fifty-seven. So this is like a high school. This is like a, a. This is like a community college sport gone awry. Okay. Next up. Hawaii Pacific University. I don't know where they're at, but they've got a bitchin' shark logo. I bet you they're from Hawaii. There you go. They're in Honolulu. Okay. Enrolled with 8,339 Division II. That's impressive. The the Sea Warriors, but they've got a bitchin' shark logo. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. I think that's probably bigger than the University of Hawaii, isn't it? Next, Next up, King University. King University. Maybe like, uh, I don't know, King University. All I can think of is Martin Luther King, so I'm thinking it's got to be like Mississippi or something like that. Am I right? No. They're from Bristol, Tennessee. Enrollment of 2,127, Division Two. Hmm, okay. The name is the Tornado or the Lady Tornado. The Lady Tornado. That is so sexist. Those and not sexist tornadoes. Bastards. Not tornadoes. Tornado. The Lady Tornado. Yeah. There you go. They really need to stop using pot on campuses. <laughs> I didn't intend to go down this road, but look at that. And then the Quinnipiac Bobcats. Now, see, they are NCAA Division so, One, but they don't play football. Okay, so who to, so who who are the national champions of this rogue sport from last year? I think let's see history. Oh, they don't have the history up here. They don't have the history yet. Oh, they're so new. They don't have the history yet. And it says, I think it said that Baylor was the last. I'm trying to. Uh, their website loads very slowly. It says uh, Baylor will host the national championship. Um, Baylor wins first NCATA national championship last year. Hmm. Yep. Baylor won it. Well, this is kind of funny. And you just said that the Beavers opened their dual meet season for wrestling on Sunday against West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So we wrestle uh, in a sport with West Virginia, and Oregon tumbles in acrobats with a bunch of community colleges from West Virginia. <laughs> Pretty much. That's really cool. <laughs> It's it's like it's like you know. Also, here I gotta say this, um, and I just lost. Let's see the picture. It says uh, Baylor's Kiara Nolan named NCATA Player of the Week. How the hell can you be a Player of the Week in a sport like that? You're not playing anything. I was gonna say, isn't it more or less an exhibition? I guess she probably didn't get dropped, or she didn't do the dropping, <laughs> or she stayed Maybe. completely in time. I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Interesting thing there. So didn't mean to get over on that tangent, but that was kind of fun. It was kind of interesting. We got to keep up with that. We should do like a weekly update on that. See how that's going <laughs> we'll out. See just, that... just just as our courtesy to the Oregon fans out there that don't get enough attention for their acrobatic and tumbling <laughs> team, we'll take care of those. Jack, people. if Jack, Lar- wasn't that guy's name Jack Larison? Jack Larison, angry duck guy. Remember him? The guy that uh, emailed us a couple years ago. Oh, duck duck fan ninety seven or duck yeah, fan. Yeah, 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 yeah. I still have the email. Okay. Still have the yeah, we'll, we'll do his report. We'll make it. We'll title it his report. I 
think I still have. Let's see. Jack Larison. Well, that's what he said. The Jack Larison Oregon yeah. Duck Ducks. Tumbling and Acrobatic Team Report. Ducks fan 2009. There we go. Yeah. He's a long-term Ducks fan. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> All right, Beach. Let's move on to listener Greg's favorite section, swimming. All right. Women swim. love swimming. Those outfits that the girls wear for swimming now, oh, my hell. Really? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my hell. I need to go to a meet. I thought we needed two pieces. No, no, no. A one piece is just fine. They're they're wonderful one pieces. So, right on. Anyway. Yeah, just sharing. So everybody who's listening, if you get a moment, I think you should probably go check out a, a swim meet. There you go. Yeah. Right. Senior Good Sanders. times had by all. Senior Sammy Harrison and Junior says Cesarina Iletta won a pair of events to lead the Oregon State swimming team in a dual meet at Pacific on Saturday at the Chris Gelson Pool. Man, I've got the hiccups. Harrison opened with a win in a 1,000-yard freestyle to record her fifth win in the event this season. The Henderson, Nevada native tallied her second win of the meet in the 500-yard freestyle to remain undefeated in the event for the 2015-16 season. Now, sandwiched in between the two events, Harrison added a second-place finish in the 200-yard freestyle. Senior Constance Tulemon followed Harrison in the event, finishing third. Now, Ayletta posted her first win of the meet in the 100-yard breaststroke, uh, clocking a time of just over a minute of just under one minute, five seconds. Now the junior followed with her second victory of the meet with a win in the 200 breaststroke, placing first. Following this weekend, the Oregon State swimming team returns to Corvallis for a home meet on Saturday, November 14th. The Beavers are set to host BYU in a dual meet at Dixon. You, you, you know, Billy, here's the words that stuck out at me, and it means I've been single too long. Uh, dual, sandwiched, breaststroke, Dixon. Yes, you have been. <laughs> and okay. I would say you need to get a new hobby. I do. I do. I need more podcasts in the evening, evidently. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right, Beach, on to women's basketball. Okay. I'm excited for this season. This is going to be an awesome season. We need to go to a few games. We need to come down. I know. The do we have to? Do we got that pass where we can get in? I've got in my hand right now that I just picked up sitting on the corner of my desk four tickets, general admission sports passes. For women's basketball, gymnastics, volleyball, and wrestling. Okay. Do they sell out, or do we have to get there early, or do no, we have the, like the, no? But we just get general admission. But we can sit. There's plenty of room. You know, the women draw pretty well, but they don't fill gill. Okay. Okay. Cool. Let's let's plan for doing that here in the next uh, maybe sometime later in November or, or December. Yeah, after football season's over. Okay. Yeah, that'll work. All right. The number nine Oregon State women's basketball team posted a dominating performance in Sunday's exhibition contest recording a 98-48 to 48 victory over Corbin College at Gill Coliseum. I think it's Corbin University now, actually. Yeah. The Beavers, who will open their regular season Friday against Longwood, shot 53% in the contest compared to 25% for the Warriors. Sophomore wow. Marie Kulich led the Beavs with 18 points on 8-for-12 shooting and finished with 7 rebounds. Senior Ruth Hamlin finished with 17 points and 8 rebounds while junior Gabriella Hansen recorded 11 points and six boards. Now, senior Jamie Weisner filled the stat sheet yet again, scoring 12 points to go with eight rebounds. Junior Sidney Weiss recorded or rounded out the group of five beeves and double figures, ending the day with 10. Now, interesting thing there, uh, Hamblin had 17 points and eight rebounds in just 13 minutes of play. Wow. Yeah. So. Did she play the whole game or they pull her out? No, 13 minutes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 uh, college basketball has now gone to quarters this year. 
They used to just play the two halves. They're now playing quarters. Nice. So nice that they're catching up with the rest of the world. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right, Beej, on to maybe Mitch. soon. Maybe maybe soon soccer will figure that one out and, and like stop the clock when there's time yeah switch. exactly. You learn that there is an off an on switch on clocks these days. They don't they don't have to use a, uh, time, a yeah. yeah Seiko watch and you know mark the little thing. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Beach. Moving on to men's basketball. Four players scored in double figures, and the Oregon State men's basketball team pulled away from Western Oregon in the second half to defeat the Wolves 76-57 on Thursday night in a non-counting exhibition game. Freshman center Drew Eubanks electrified the Guild Coliseum crowd of 4,725 with several highlight reel dunks as he scored a game-high 16 points in his OSU debut. The first true freshman to start a season opener since Seth Tarver in 2007 Eubanks added 10 rebounds, 5 blocks, 2 steals, and an assist in just 25 minutes. Now, freshman forward Trey Tinkle and freshman guard Stephen Thompson Jr. added 14 and 12 points respectively, and junior guard Langston Morris Walker added 11. Now, senior guard Gary Payton II had 17 rebounds, 7 assists, and 7 points and 2 steals. The Bees opened the regular season on November 14th with a 4.30 p.m. non-conference game against Northwest Christian at Gill Coliseum. It will be televised by the Pac-12 Networks. So that's the cool. Saturday. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just really excited about uh, both basketball teams this year. I think I said it last week. It's, it's just going to be a great year to watch basketball. I completely agree. All right, Beads, we'll finish off the sports news with a little bit of football. Okay. Oregon State University sophomore running back Damian Haskins has been named to the 2015 COSIDA Capital One Academic All-District Team, the College Sports Information Directors of America announced Thursday. He is now placed on the national ballot for the prestigious Academic All-America team that will be announced later this month. Now, Haskins holds a 3.47 cumulative GPA as a public health major from New Boston, Texas. He has played in five games for the Beavs and is currently battling back from injury that forced him out of the last contest. Now, Haskins was the Northeast Texas Player of the Year as a senior at New Boston High School, setting the school record his final season for rushing with 3,027 yards and 52 touchdowns. 52 touchdowns, 52 times in the end zone. Yeah. Wow. So, and one more bit of football news. The kickoff time for next weekend's game against the University of Washington that will be held in Corvallis has been set at 3 p.m. So that means we're going to have a very nice tailgater. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we have some good weather to go with it. Well, it's Philly Cheesesteak Day Part due. So, Part due. uh, so it's going to be awesome. I'm stoked for this. I mean, what a way to end the season. I mean, it hasn't been the greatest season, but it'll be a great tailgater to end the season at uh, at least at Corvallis. I agree. I agree. And so anyway. Hey, hey Beach. Yeah, Billy. Is that the uh, teletype I hear going? Oh, my hell it is, Billy. Hold, hold on one second. Just one second. Billy. Yes. This just in. We went down to Eugene after the game on Saturday after the game on Saturday to get feedback from both the Duck and Cal fans. Okay, yes, I guess we I guess we have a recording here. Yes, we do have some audio. I'll, I will play that right now. Okay. 
Hey, buddy. Buddy. How was the bathroom, buddy? Pretty gruesome? Buddy, I had to hold my breath, buddy. <laughs> buddy, don't even tell me about it, buddy. Buddy, I know. Buddy, M&M's. Chocolate me, buddy. Tasty, buddy. Buddy, definitely. Hey, get in on this drink, buddy. Buddy, don't mind if I do. It's a bloody, buddy. Buddy, it's killer. Buddy! Sorry, buddy. Save me some, buddy. Buddy, I said I was sorry. That's okay, buddy. Hey, dude. Hey, buddy. Dudes, you know this dude? What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Bunny, sit down. Have some bloody, buddy. Dude. Dudes, here's a sixer. Budweiser time. Yeah, bud, buddy. Yeah, dude. Cold ones, dude. Buddy, kill it. I'm buzzing, buddy. Dude, I know. Oh, dude, check it. She's killer. I want some of that, buddy. Oh, buddy, save some for me. Dude, that's my ex-girlfriend. Oh, sorry, buddy. Just watch it, dude. Hey, lay off him, buddy. Dude, don't get him started. I said I was sorry, buddy. Dude, let's just drop it. Buddies? It's cool, dude. Hey, homies. What's up, homies? Hey, buddy. What's up, dude? Just chilling, homie. Cool, buddy. Yeah, dude. Buddy. Homie. Dude. Homie. Dude. Buddy. Dude, check it out. A prison. Oh, buddy. Imagine being stuck in there. I know, dude. That would suck. Homie, my brother is in there. Oh, buddy. Sorry about that, dude. Bummer, buddy. Bad timing, homie. I know, buddy. Sorry, dude. Not your fault, homie. I know, but buddy. No, it's cool, homie. Dude, there's another train on this track. Uh, buddy, it's coming at us. Dude! Homie! Buddy! Buddy! Homie, dude! Buddy, my head. Homie, get off me. Buddy, I can't see. What just happened to us, dude? Homie, I told you we should have taken the bus. And there you go. You know, it sounded like... Like, almost like uh, two stone brothers getting together. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Brothers in weed. Exactly, exactly. There you go. <laughs> you, you, you know, I know we did the history, and I know we said that UCLA came off of Cal, but I really think Actually, there's more. Actually, no. Of... UCLA did not start off of Cal. Oh, I thought we said it did. I thought it did. No, that's not where you. So you don't listen to me, do you? I listen. You know, just you used a... to we, listen we co- to me. We you cover a lot of crap. I was pretty. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> now you don't even look at me anymore. No, um, that uh, UCLA became the southern branch of California Berkeley, but it started out as the southern branch of the California Normal School, which became San Jose State. Okay, okay, gotcha. It was gotcha, the satellite gotcha. branch of the California Normal School, mm-hmm. and then it changed into the southern branch of the uh, California, the UC system. Correct. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. I just remember the fact. I remember it was the phone call, and and the guy got irritated with how he answered the phone. Yeah, like no, we're not, we're not Berkeley. Yeah, because yeah. they were in L.A. and they were answering the phone, University of California, Berkeley. Yeah, and the president was like, "We're not Berkeley. We're not doing this anymore. We're our own thing." Yep. So, anyways, go ahead. What were you gonna say? Well, hell, I can't remember what the hell we were talking about now. Other, other, other than than like other than them being related, I think there's more of a relationship between uh, between uh, Cal and uh, Oregon, anyway. Yeah, at least in. I mean, yep. In terms of weed. Yep, brothers, brothers and weed. There you go. All right, Beej, you ready to go under further review for week number ten in the Pac-12? After further review, 
The runner did cross the line. The Touchdown! Yeah, let's do this, Billy, because I didn't get a chance. As usual, I work all the time and didn't get a chance to watch all the games. Other than uh, if we can, we did get a. I did get a watch after the Oregon State game. Uh, the very final, like three or four minutes of the uh, Nebraska game. So I'd love it if we could make a special mention of that one. Oh, you can talk about it right now. Go ahead. Well, well, it was a great game. You know, Riley has struggled. I don't have the whole play-by-play, but you know, Riley has struggled all year with being beat in the final minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. And I like Riley. I think Mike Riley is a great guy. Um, I think he's a good coach. Uh, sometimes I, you know, sometimes you're handicapped due to budget. And what talents you can get, uh, and where you can recruit from. Okay, those uh, other three things I, do not apply to Nebraska. Well, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Other times you you struggle with maybe your choices in coaching uh, for your support staff. True. But uh, you know, you go to a new school. It's a transition for every school. Oregon State's going through it right now. But he struggled this year, especially with a lot of just terribly close games that ultimately never went in his favor. This week it did, and it did against, I believe it was Michigan State. Yes, who was undefeated. Yes, I and uh, they ended up getting a, uh, a touchdown pass. I think in the final like minute, two minutes of the uh, game, there was there was just a handful of seconds left, Beach. Yeah. Okay. So they they oh yeah, I think it was less than a minute. They get a touchdown. They had to review it because their receiver went out of bounds, but ultimately he was, I don't want to say he was shoved, but the the defender kind of pushed his route into the out of bounds yeah. area. You know, yeah. kind of cut him off. Yeah, and that's one and, of those that's one of those rules that's different in college as opposed to pro. So in the, in college, if the defender forces the receiver out of bounds, mm-hmm. he can he's, come back in. He's still considered he eligible. In, as long as he comes back in immediately and reasserts himself inbounds before he touches the ball. Okay. So in other works. words, you can't go out of bounds, run up the out of bounds area. Exactly. And then pop out and in when, pop when it's or convenient. Or you can't be out of bounds, jump in the and air. And what, what's the rule in pro, Billy? Are well, you just well, out, you're out? You can't You can't be out of bounds, jump up, grab the ball, and land in bounds. And it, so, Beads, you can't be out of bounds, jump up in the air, grab the ball, and land back in bounds, and it counts. You, you, you have to establish yourself back in bounds. Gotcha. Gotcha. So the ref basically ruled that he was – but in, in, in the NFL, if you shove a guy out of bounds – he cannot come back in and be the first one to touch the ball. Just flat out. Just flat out. So he can, so he's done being a receiver. Well, well, he can still be a receiver as long as he's not the first guy to touch the ball. Okay. But that's that's one of the the differences in the rules. Now, what they said in that in that game was because I heard somebody say, "Well, he hardly touched him. It shouldn't have been forcing him out." Well, the way he the, cut off his route though, he kind of the rule blew said, his route. If, the way the rule said, if there's contact and the for, and the guy goes out of bounds. And according to the, the letter of the rule, it was a correct call. Well, actually, I mean, if you didn't, you could have called a pass interference because he interfered with the guy's route. Yeah, I think there was less contact there than you think. Yeah. Wasn't a lot of contact, but. No, but I still don't. Yeah, I, I still think the guy cut him off into, into out of bounds. And I don't think the guy who cut him off was intentional to push him out of bounds, yeah. but ultimately it resulted. Yeah. Anyways, it was a good game. It was good to see Riley get a win. So that's two years in a row that he's beaten the number six team in the nation. Yeah, and he was just because uh, last year with the Beavs. Last year with the Beavs, they beat Arizona State. Oh, true. Yeah. Well, when 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 he was being interviewed after the game, the man just looked ecstatic, and that was great to see because he 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 you know he deserved a good win. I agree. I agree. So okay, now back to the Pac-12. All right, Beach. So all the games were on Saturday, November seventh. 
I have our list here of the picks that you, myself, and Kyle have made. I hate you, Kyle. All right. Let me get my trusty pen out here. Okay. Now, who's who's in the lead, Billy? Just want to confirm. Who's in the lead? Heading into the game, you were in the lead, Beach. Uh-huh. At 41 out of 62. All righty. I was in second at 38 out of 62. Uh Uh-huh. And Kyle, he was in last place at 37 out of 62. But it was a it was a new week. So well, first, and didn't, didn't Kyle have help with his kids on that last yes. week, or was that the week before? Yeah, I think he had help with his kids. I think okay, I can't remember. Yeah. All right, so first up was Stanford at Colorado. I think I picked Stanford on that one. I think all of us did. Now Stanford running back Christian McCaffrey's 28-yard touchdown toss to tight end Austin Hooper was the highlight of his homecoming in front of family and friends. And drove up, uh, who drove up from nearby Denver, where he started at Valor Christian High School, where his and where his father Ed started for the Broncos in the 1990s. Now McCaffrey's TD toss came on the first play of the fourth quarter, and was his last play of the game. Now quarterback Kevin Hogan, who surpassed Andrew Luck as the school's winningest quarterback with his 32nd victory, told McCaffrey only to throw it if Hooper were wide open. You know, before, before his beautiful spiral into the end zone, McCaffrey had chipped in 220 all-purpose yards. Now, his day might have been even better, but a 13-yard TD on Stanford's opening drive was overturned upon review when he was ruled down a foot shy of the goal line, prompting McCaffrey to crack. I wish the field was 99 yards. I think it would have a lot more touchdowns. Now, Hogan also threw two, D passes, two TD passes and ran for another as the Cardinal bounced back from a scare at Washington State in which they escaped with a two-point win on a shanked field goal as time expired. Now, their final three games are all at home against Oregon, Cal, and Notre Dame. Wow. Yeah. So we all got the win there, and that's kind of what we expected to happen. At least I did. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you probably did too. Yeah. They pretty much. And I do not know how McCaffrey is not getting more play as a Heisman contender. He's the most dynamic. Is he just player. being ignored? I think so. He, I mean, he's the most dynamic player in in college football. Hmm. So, I think it's pretty damn amazing. Well, you know, some some people need trophies and other things to make them feel good. Other people are just happy with the W's and being really, really smart. True. 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 <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, I, I would say if you're going to Stanford, you don't need trophies. You know you're you know you you understand things a lot clearer. Yeah, probably. <laughs> All right, Beach. Next up is Arizona State at Washington State. Who'd you take? Uh, this one here, ooh, I think it took Arizona State. Did I? I? I don't think I would have supported Washington State on I'm, this. One. I'm looking at your. Or no? Did we pick them because of the cold weather? Yeah, because they were going to be grabbing their nipples and cutting, chafing their, chafing their nipples through their jerseys. Because that I, was it. Yes, I totally picked Washington State I'm, on I'm this one. I'm looking at what I wrote, but I because I was, I was pondering this one really hard last you week, and ultimately, State and you changed to Wazoo. I did because I said the Arizona State. I said they're just they're they're going to be too worried about warming their nipples up to be able to catch the ball. Yep. And Kyle took Wazoo, and so did I, which is good. Now Washington State fell behind fourteen to nothing early but came back to score 21 points in the fourth quarter to seal the 38-24 win over Arizona State. Now, Luke Falk threw for 497 yards and five TDs for Washington State, 
while Dom Williams caught six passes for 123 yards and two touchdowns. Now, Arizona State scored a touchdown on each of its first two possessions, then was held to one more the rest of the game. It was the Sun Devils' third consecutive loss. Now, Washington State, which had lost on last-second missed field goal last week against number 9 Stanford, managed to protect Falk from one of the best pass rushes in the Pac-12. He completed 36 of 55 passes with one interception and was sacked three times. Now, Arizona State quarterback Mike Bercovici completed 27 of 44 passes for 229 yards. The Sun Devils did get 111 yards rushing from Demario Richard and 84 from Colleen Bellage. Is it Callen? Might be Callen. Callen Bellage? Yeah. You know, it's just odd for me to think that Washington State's got a strong team this year. They're not doing and too I, bad. I, no, I mean, really, when you you look at what the record is, I mean, hell, they're where are they at ranked in the Pac-12? Are they number three or number four? Um, in the North, they're probably in the third spot because you got Stanford. Actually, they're ahead of Oregon, so yeah, they're number two in the North. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> number two in the North behind. Yeah, I mean, because they've only lost one Pac-12 game. No, they've lost two, haven't they? No, I believe they've only lost one. Uh, you, you've got here, they've got listed a four and two. Six and three overall, four and two in the pack. You're right, you're right, you're right. So they lost yeah. Stanford, and who was the other one? Um, Utah? Did they, did they, they, have, they haven't played the Apple Cup yet, have they? No, that's coming up. No, I think it was Utah. I think it was Utah. Okay. All right, Beach. So... We all got the point on that one. Next up was Utah at Washington. God dang it. Who did I pay? You know, the list last week was a rough pick, so I can't quite remember which which way I leaned. I want to say I leaned with Utah on this one. No, you did not, Beej. You oh, took, I took the I, University I took of Washington. Utah. Was that a stupid move on my part, Billy? Kyle and I, on the other hand, both took Utah. Did I make a stupid move, Billy? Now, Gianni Paul returned a fumble 54 yards for a touchdown. Set up another score with interception, and Utah held off Washington 34-23 on Saturday night. Now, Utah leaned on big plays from its defense to overcome an inconsistent night offensively against the Huskies. After going two weeks without forcing a turnover, including one of those games against the Beavs, the Utahs forced three in the first half and made that stand up against Washington's second-half rally. Now, Utah quarterback Travis Wilson ran three yards for a TD with 327 left in the fourth quarter after the Utes had gone scoreless in the second half. Wilson's second TD run, he had a a four-yard run in the second quarter, kept a nine-play drive that was accomplished entirely on the ground behind the running of Wilson and Devontae Booker. Now, Wilson rushed or finished 12 of 25 passing for 155 yards with another 42 yards on the ground, while Booker rushed for 150 yards to go over 1,000 yards for the season and help Utah maintain a one-game lead on the chase group in the Pac-12 South. I feel like such a fool. Well, yeah, probably. Okay, okay let's move on. Okay, Beach. And up next was Arizona at USC. Arizona at USC. Pretty positive I picked USC on this one. You did and I did. But Kyle, on the other hand, I hate you, Kyle, took Arizona. Now, Receiver Juju Smith-Schuster had a plate and screw surgically installed in the palm of his broken right hand only five days earlier, so Southern California's star receiver had to make eight catches for 138 yards using all fingers, he said with a grin. 
Now, Ronald Jones II caught a touchdown pass and rushed for 177 yards, including a 74-yard scoring run late in USC's third straight victory, 38-30, over the slumping Wildcats on Saturday night. Now, Cody Kessler passed for 243 yards and two TDs as the Trojans improved to 3-1 under interim coach Clay Helton and stayed in the race for the Pac-12 South title, but only after rallying from an early 14-point deficit. Justin Davis rushed for 85 yards and two TDs during USC's 472-yard offensive performance. Now, Smith-Schuster caught a 72-yard touchdown pass in the second quarter, highlighting a tenacious effort despite his excruciatingly painful hand. Now, Nate Phillips, David Richards, and Caleb Jones caught TD passes from Anu Solomon for the Wildcats, who have lost three straight and five of seven. The defending Pac-12 South champions were officially eliminated from contention for a repeat. You know, I can't help but think that USC's really turned this around because they removed all the alcohol, the hookers, and the blow out of the coach's office. I wouldn't doubt it. I'm glad they're not yeah, having I, that I, anymore I, in the coach's I, office. I, I think that was just a huge distraction, mm-hmm. and I think that by taking that out, everybody's been able to focus a lot more on the game and not so much on the hookers, the blow, and the alcohol. I completely agree. Yeah, so good choices for USC. Great to see them moving, turning things around. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh. All right. That's great. <laughs> All right. Up All right. That next page is Cal at Oregon. I picked Cal on this one because I really, really thought that they were going to be able to get out of their slump and thump the Ducks. Well, regardless, all three of us thought the same thing, Beige. And Oregon quarterback Vernon Adams threw for 300 yards and four TDs, including a pair to Braylon Addison, and the Ducks became bowl eligible with a 44-28 victory over slumping Cal on Saturday night. Now, Royce Freeman had 29 carries for 180 yards as the Ducks held on to a slim shot at a place in the conference championship game with their third straight win. The Ducks amassed a school record 777 yards in total offense. Now, Cal quarterback Jared, don't call me Jack Goff, threw for 329 yards and two TDs for the Golden Bears, who dropped their fourth straight after a promising 5-0 start. There's a lot of two and four teams out there, it looks like. There's several. Hell, disappointing. Um, So... Who who's left in the race for the uh, the Rose Bowl at this point? Do you? Well, let's for, you got you've got you've got to get the the Pac-12 championship game first. Yeah. And so in the north, you've got Stanford in the driver's seat, mm-hmm. followed by Washington State, mm-hmm. and then Oregon. So Oregon, but Oregon would need. Washington State to lose and not even tie them because they dropped that game against exactly Wazoo. and it starts this week with Stanford they have to beat Stanford yeah and if they don't do that then they're pretty much done pretty much and I think if Stanford wins this week that guarantees them a spot in the okay. championship game okay because they would only have one more Pac-12 game left against Cal okay and who's and in the race a, for this then they play a non-conference game against uh, Notre Dame Okay. Um, in the south, you've got Utah in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. And then you've got, let's see, UCLA at 4-2. and two. Mm-hmm. Um, And is US, USC still in there too? I believe so. And... 
but the Arizona schools are pretty much out at this point. Yeah, Colorado's so, not a contender. Yeah. No. Yeah, and Colorado's so not a down contender. down to UCLA and Utah. And it, how far is U, USC sitting out? Well, UCLA is at four and two. And I don't what what we say UCLA Utah or what we say USC was at. Um, USC uh, Trojans are at four, four and two, two in the pack. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're all they're all right in there. Okay, and has it, and UCLA and USC who they won not, that? They have not played each other yet. Okay, and has Utah played? What? Utah played USC. Okay, but they have not played Utah. Ah, dang it, Beach, and I can't remember. I'm sorry. Let me check. Here we're boring our listeners. I could do a little musical interlude if you'd like. Um, but we'll save them from that uh, that ordeal. It's pretty much, huh? So, Pac-12 standings are as follows. Okay, so you've got Stanford, Washington State, and Oregon, and they've everybody else is out of it because Cal, Washington are two and four, and Oregon State's at zero and six. This is just conference. Mm-hmm. Stanford's at seven and zero. So I don't know if there's any way Stanford can get touched. No, there's not. They've they're 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 going to the championship. So so they so essentially you said Oregon did they've not. They've only got keep two the- more games. And so the worst they could end up is seven well, two. Well, no. So if Oregon won out and beat Stanford, okay. So then they would go over. Then they would go over Stanford because uh, they won the head to head. But they Stanford need Wazoo. Only, but but they would need Wazoo to drop. Need, well, they need state. But see, they need Wazoo to lose, and they still need Stanford to lose another game because Stanford hasn't yeah. lost one yet. So so Oregon needs to win out. Stanford needs to lose out, and Wazoo needs to lose out, and then Oregon. Stanford can stay would in have the to game. lose. Stanford have to lose. Washington State would just have to lose one more game. Okay, so okay. in the South Beach, you've got Utah at five and one, you've got UCLA and USC at both four and two. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So there you go. Sure, definitely not as clear uh, victors as there have been in the past, yeah, though. No, not at all. All right, Beach. So the last game on the docket was UCLA at Oregon State. I supported the Beavs. I will continue to support the Beavs. I still believe we're going to win two out of our next three games. All right, Beach. Well, UCLA freshman quarterback Josh Chosen Rosen helped UCLA keep alive its Pac-12 title hopes Saturday, throwing two TD passes to Thomas Duarte in a 41-0 victory over Oregon State in cold, rainy conditions. Now, Rosen was 22 of 33 for 333 yards before sitting out the fourth quarter. The Bruins had 676 yards against the Beavs. Now, UCLA limited Oregon State to just 246 yards and forced four turnovers against redshirt freshman quarterback Nick Mitchell. It was the Bruins' first shutout since 2007 against Oregon and their first on the road since 1987 against Stanford. Now, Oregon State had a drive going late in the first quarter, but Mitchell fumbled at the UCLA 34 and the Bruins recovered. UCLA's ensuing drive stalled and Kamani Fairbairn had a 38-yard field goal to open scoring. On Oregon State's next position, Randall Goforth picked off Mitchell's pass at the Beavs 42. Rosen threw an eight-yard touchdown pass to Warday, capping a seven-play drive. Later in the half, Rosen showed off his arm on a 63-yard pass to Kenneth Walker. A few plays later, the Bruins capped a 96-yard drive with another touchdown pass to Duarte. 
Mitchell threw a second interception on Oregon State's subsequent drive, leading to Paul Perkins' touchdown run that made it 24 to nothing at half. So it was 0-0 after the first quarter and 24 to nothing at the end of the second quarter. Every time I felt we were going to get a good drive going, it resulted in a turnover. Pretty much. It was just just frustrating as hell. Mm-hmm. But I Billy, you have to leave during the game all the time just simply because you got to go to go to work. work. Yeah. But we stayed there the whole time through the end. I will, you know. And you know I would have been there if I could. Oh yeah, yeah. You, but ultimately you've got to take care of business. So. Yeah. But anyway, so, we, we yeah. supported them even though the stands were empty. We we waited through the end. Supported the team because, you know, everybody can be there when you win. Nobody's there when you're losing. And uh, and if you're a true fan, you're, you're there for the good and the bad. I sat through all the games through the Pettibone era, and uh, this season still doesn't uh, even come close to the worst seasons of uh, of the Pettibone years. So I I'll agree. That. Yeah. I agree. Because I see hope. Now, Beach. And, and uh, during Pettibone, I never saw hope. Yeah, true, 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 true. Now, Beach, um, I wanted to tell you that um, today, um, just this afternoon, it was announced that I'm going to pull it up here. Um, just this afternoon, it was announced that redshirt freshman wide receiver Datron Guyton has mm-hmm. just been dismissed from the Oregon State football team. Wow. Now, Guyton was a redshirt freshman who tallied 14 catches for 178 yards in eight games, and he was dismissed for, quote, violation of athletic department and team rules as it relates to the expectations of a student-athlete, according to the school's news release. Now, Coach Gary Anderson did not provide many more details about the dismissal during his regular Monday press conference other than stressing that he would help Guyton find his next playing destination. Now, Anderson said, quote, I wish it wasn't this way, but it is this way. I'm excited for his future. When he decides where he wants to go, I'm here to help him. I'm not excited that he's not with us. He is a good kid. It's just it is what it is. That's really what I have to say on it, other than the fact that I'm going to help him get to his next spot because I think he I think he can be successful. Kids makes mistakes. That's where it at. Now, Guyton has started three games, including the game on Saturday. But he'd also had some behavioral issues at points throughout the season. Now, he was moved to the scout team for a week following the Beavs' loss at Michigan in early September and was seen arguing with the referee in the first half of the UCLA game after a Bruins defender was not called for pass interference on a deep ball intended for him. I saw that. Yeah. That's, and he, then I he guess grabbed his, he grabbed his face mask and kind of kind of yelled at the ref. Yeah, I, and, I think he was discussing with the ref, but yeah. it might appear to. And then. He also, do you think that had anything? Do you think that I had anything? I don't know because I also had heard that there was some some kind of histrionics going on on the sideline not long after that, and then he was escorted into the locker room at halftime. Wow. Yeah. So sounds sad. Yeah. So just thought I would put that out there. But but you know again if if uh, being that this is Gary Anderson. You live by the rules. If this was Chip Kelly, it would be he's not going to play another Saturday for the rest of the season. Until next Saturday. Until next Saturday or a game on Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good good for Gary Anderson for standing up with the rules. Yeah. All right, Beach. Fan. If we don't live by justice, we, we live in chaos. I agree. So. All, All right. So after this week, the scores are as follows. In first place. 
That's you with 44 out of 68. I, did, did, I got – I got closer to you. Okay. I got closer to you at 42 out of 68. Okay. And Kyle stayed right where he's at with 40 out of 68. Okay. All righty. All right, Beach. Let's take a look at the Pac-12 in the polls here. Okay. Um, First up is the AP poll. Okay. Uh, Stanford is in at number seven. Mm -hmm. Utah at number 10. UCLA moving up to number 18, and USC and Washington State are in the others receiving votes category. Uh, Now in the USA Today coaches poll, Stanford again is at number 7, Utah at 13, UCLA at 18, and USC, Oregon, and Washington State are in the others receiving votes category. I don't understand how Oregon is receiving more votes than Washington State, but whatever. Well, I'm thinking that they probably tie it because each coach probably votes for their own team. Whatever. Okay, Beach. And last <laughs> the... Narcissistic sons of bitches. Okay, sorry. Now, last week... I didn't mean to say that. Well, I did, but okay. Last week, in the uh, the first edition of the playoff poll standings, okay. Stanford came in at 11, mm-hmm. Utah at 12, UCLA at 23. But remember, this last week... LSU at number two, Michigan State at seven, and TCU at number eight all lost. So we should have some movement up for at least two of the teams. Yeah, I would say Stanford, Stanford, Utah should move up. Serious shiftage. And Stanford um, still having Notre Dame to play on their list, and Notre Dame is in the top five or six, so – Stanford. So, so that that non-conference game has huge impact. Oh, yes. When it comes to the playoffs. Oh yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Doesn't mean crap for the Rose Bowl, but it has serious implications for uh, for them going on to the big game. Yep. All right. All right, Beach. Well, now it's time for this week's Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? Jackass of the week war. All right, Beach, every week we like to discuss a person in football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. And this week, I don't know which of those three categories it's in. I just find it kind of stupid. So this week, Beach, we'll be going to the great state of Texas. Okay. Again, because we've had several jackass awards from Texas. A lot of jackasses in Texas. It's a big state. Now, Beach, a former football player whose life story is at the center of the new Carter High movie, has sued the movie's writer and executive producer for more than $1 million in damages. Gary Edwards, whose disputed algebra grade cost the 1988 Carter High School team its state championship, and who took part, who he himself took part in a notorious string of robberies that brought shame on the community, filed suit last week in Dallas County. Now, Edwards claims that he is originally... Yeah, that he originally tried to turn his story into a movie and did not give the creators of Carter High consent to use his name and likeness because he was still trying to get his own movie deal. Now, he also objects to how he was portrayed in the movie, saying in the suit that the depiction is, quote, the depiction is, quote, not accurate and degrading. Now, he sued uh, the writer and former Dallas Cowboy Greg Ellis's production company, Play Now Enterprise, alleged alleging misappropriation and theft. So, Beach, I don't know if you've heard of Carter High School. 
in, uh, I'm, in Texas. You know the 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 grade adjusting just reminds me of uh, reading Friday Night Lights. Actually, uh, they played Friday Night Lights. They're the ones. They're the ones that beat. They're the Perkins. ones that that pl- beat Permium in the semifinals. Correct. Because they shouldn't have been there. Because the the player they'd already gone too far into the playoffs before right. this finally came out, and they should have excused the player. But it wasn't fair because the teams that already had lost against them, you'd have to replay like two or three playoff games. Correct. Yeah, that was and, a mess. And he was the he was the player. And then yeah, he goes they, they on. Ju- just just to correct, if if any of the people listening to the show have watched the movie Friday Night Lights, they don't go into that portion of the story. But the book and, does. And the book the book does the movie doesn't, and the movie kind of falsifies the book because it shows them losing in the. In the state championships, where ultimately Permian actually lost in the, the semifinal yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So exactly. If you read the book, and they actually play Carter High School in the movie. Yeah, and because what ended up, uh, well, they um, they kind of they don't delve into the race relations in the in the movie all that much, but the book really delves into the race relations and how. Um, Lines were drawn up, and I remember uh, in the movie Billy Bob Thornton, they were discussing, you know, how many coaches, how how many black stripes and how many white stripes are we going to have ref in this game? Because mm-hmm. it was a very big concern uh, since Carter was pretty much an all-black high school. Yeah, yeah. So, but anyways, anyway, going so, on. Sorry so about yes, that. So, yes, this movie called Carter High was made. It's only been shown on a handful of theaters down in the Dallas area. And uh, so, yeah, he... I find is, it, is it going to have a national release or no? I don't know. But I find it funny, and this is the main reason why we're giving this jackass the Jackass of the Week Award. I find that I find it funny that a felon is suing for theft. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody who stole himself is suing somebody else for theft. And what the dumbass has to remember is, you know, his story is public record. Mm-hmm. You can make a movie about it. Well, and and the whole he doesn't, thing was... He doesn't own his story. It's a public story. It's a public story. Because it played out on the public, uh, exactly. public arena. Exactly. You know, and what the, the original um, story was that the teacher who failed him in that algebra class uh, was, was irritated because they intentionally moved him and falsified the grade, and it was the, it was the, the teacher who... Who kind of threw out the, mm-hmm. who threw out the story there to uh, get him kicked off the team and ultimately caused a whole mess up in the playoff system. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Did they? Did Carter end up winning the national, the state championship? Uh, they have won state championships in the past. Yes. Did they win? Did they win that year? Because I never followed it after Permian um, lost. I can't remember if Carter went on all the way. I'm assuming they must have. Uh, they won the you know, they won the 1988 state championship. Um, well, that would have been it because that because uh, Permian per, exactly. Permian won the following year. Yeah, they won the 88, but it was later revoked. Uh, in 91, they officially stripped Carter of the award and gave okay. it to the team they defeated in the finals. In the finals, okay. Yeah. Now, see the the Cowboys of uh, the. Dallas Carter Cowboys appear in the film Friday Night Lights as opponents to Odessa Permian 
in the state championship game when actually uh, they defeated Permian in the 88 state semifinals. Yeah. Wow. Well, that's uh, now the um, um, let's see the 89 team was banned from the state playoffs um, because the head coach had knowingly used an ineligible player. Um, they were also caught in 1991 using police scanners to intercept radio headset communications between opposing teams' press box and the coaches on the sideline, where they limited an opposing team to just six first downs in a 1991 playoff game. Wow. Yeah. yeah it's like, in 90, it's like, they reached the state. What, 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 what was the last name of the coach? Was it Kelly? <laughs> nice. No, it was Freddie James. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, he won the state title in 88. No, let's see. And they made the finals in 2000. So, they won a few. Okay. So, still, still, you know, it's freaking high school football. I mean, I know it's Texas, and I know people love their football. Mm-hmm. But, again, this, this goes back to, like, the whole Gary Anderson thing that just happened. You got to let the player go. You got to follow the rules. You know, to and I mean, this is on every level of society, whether it be football or political or or just overall legal. You can't acknowledge some rules and and dismiss others when it's, you know, my, like Dad always says, it all depends on whose ox is being gored, and the rules are the rules. It doesn't matter whose ox is being gored. And these people who cheat and lie and steal, I, you just get tired of them. I completely agree. And and people need to stick a hard line. I know this sucks, and I know people need to, you know, we all have soft hearts, but damn it, rules are rules. I so, completely agree. Yeah. So anyway. All right. So Gary Actually, Edwards. I, 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 I kind of want to watch the movie. I hope it has a national release. There you go. All right, Gary. So this week, Gary Edwards, you get our. <laughs> Jackass of the Week Award. All right, Beach. Actually, this week was kind of hard for me to find a jackass of the week. Yeah, but that, I that was just, kind of a good I had just seen a piece of that story, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And I went back and I'm like, ah, that guy's got to get it. A so. cheater calling a cheater a cheater. I know. I find that funny. Yeah, we kind of talked about that last week, yeah, too. Pot, <laughs> black. Anyways, um, now, Beach, it's time to listen to a little Guns N' Roses this week. Did I get a pick this one? Did we discuss this one last week, or what did we do? Uh, what are you going to pick? Oh, do I have to pick? Well, I was going to go with Chinese democracy. You know, I actually like Chinese democracy. So let's let's do that one. Okay, here it goes. Let's go. 
All right, Beads. That is the track that I really like off that album. You, you, you know, what was that album? Like 15 years in the making? Something like that. It didn't come out until 2008. I was incredibly disappointed when it came out. I felt uh, it didn't sound like the Guns N' Roses I, I, I know and love. Correct. And there was maybe two or three songs on there that I don't mind listening to. But every other Guns N' Roses album, I can pretty much just push play and let it go. Mm-hmm. And this one here, I just can't. It's missing something. Whether it's missing Izzy's uh, you know, riffs or Slash's guitar. Um, it gets a little, it does, to me, it gets a little too electronic. It does, and there's not enough hard stuff to it. Not the, you know, Guns N' Roses and the other albums always had some hard and a little soft and then some more hard. Yeah. And maybe a little acoustic in there, but everything had a good beat. And this one just didn't have those beats you could knock your, you know, nod your head to. So disappointing, but Chinese Democracy, good, good, uh, good song. I completely agree. Okay, so we're, we're, but now, Beach, I gotta say, I keep hearing more and more rumors. I was listening to Eddie Trunk today on my drive home. Oh, yes. Trunk Nation. Yes. Uh, and I was listening to him on the way home. He's a, for the, again, those who don't listen, uh, he is a, 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 a what do you call he has a, Yeah. He, all he does is he's got a, a radio show and he has one that goes on XM usually about every day, I guess. No, it's maybe mon- four it's days Mondays. A week. Mondays. Oh, just Mondays? Mondays. But he does non-XM the rest of the week, doesn't he? Uh, I think so, yeah. So anyway, but he was talking and he says the most – there's a lot of discussion about Guns N' Roses getting back together for a reunion tour. There's a story that some rich guy down in South America somewhere has hired them to perform a show for I don't know how much money he's paying them. But they said the one thing that – and all of these people are coming up with rumors that are like, oh, Guns N' Roses is getting back together. They're coming back together. And the only thing that is that Eddie Trunk noticed is the Guns N' Roses camp is not denying the rumors. Correct. You know, normally by this time, the camp would be saying, you know, the rumors that are getting together are totally untrue. You know, there's been no conversation. You know, uh, we'd like it, but it's just not there. There's nothing coming out from Guns N' Roses to deny these rumors. And people are dying for this. I mean, this is like David Lee Roth coming back back to Van Halen. I mean, if you can get Slash and Izzy to come back to Guns N' Roses Mm -hmm. and bring that sound and that magic back. But like even Eddie Trunk said, though, even if they did come up with some kind of a reunion tour, chances are there would be very little, if any, new material. It's just going to be pleasing the fans by by being in concert, playing the original songs from the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it could be like David Lee Roth. Yeah, it could be like a David Lee Roth thing where they bring out maybe two songs just to just add to the uh, the repertoire, but mm-hmm. I don't. We'll we'll see. I, I I hope you and I would go to that though. I'd love to see that. Oh, in I'd concert. love to see a beach. So we we've seen them once, but it was the the, the Axl Rosen roses. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> there's mm-hmm. there's there was no guns in that one. Correct. So, but uh, anyway, okay, so. Um, where are we at, Billy? Well, Beach, it's time to get on to week number 11 in the Pac-12 preview. Okay. All right, Beach. So, I'm uh, ready to take your picks. We have one game on Friday, November 13th, USC at Colorado. Um, I really want to try next week to do the Mighty Karnak and see if I can make these funny. Okay. Go ahead. But uh, it's not going to happen today. I can't think that fast. Oh, we're just going to go with USC on this one. The men of Troik will will dominate the Buffalo. Kyle says, cold temperatures work to hometown favor. Colorado. 
Seriously, Kyle? Yep. Is Kyle on the crack again? Well, Beach, guess what I'm taking? You're taking Colorado too? Hell no, I'm taking USC. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on crack, you moron. (laughs) All right, Beach. All the rest of the games are on Saturday, November 14th. Man, the season just flew by. Okay, Beach. First up, Washington at Arizona State. Ooh. This is like the reversal of my whole Arizona at uh, Arizona State at uh, Wazoo, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, Washington hasn't been. No, I don't freaking. You know what? I th- I think it's going to be too hot for Washington. I'm I'm going to go with the Sun Devils on this one. Okay. Kyle says, teams getting antsy to qualify for a bowl. Refs make it up to the Sun Devils and get them the win. So he's taking wow. ASU. You, you know, do a little bit of research on that game next week, Billy, when we recap. See if the refs make any questionable calls. There's been a lot this season. Have there? Yes. So um, I'm, too, going to go with ASU. Okay. Okay. Up next, Beach, Oregon at Stanford. Stanford's going to beat up Oregon like the bitch they are. <laughs> All right. Kyle says, Stanford back on track. Midterms must have been on during the Wazoo game. And I, too, am taking the third. God, this isn't any fun. We're all taking the same things. All right, next up, Beach, Utah at Arizona. Um... I'm thinking Utah's just going to continue their run. Let's, let's go with Utah. Okay. Kyle says, I wonder how the Heinrich feel about Dennis Eric's Utes win. Well, before we answer that, <laughs> excuse me, I too am taking Utah. And how do we feel about Dennis Erickson, Beach? Uh, I like Dennis Erickson. I do too. Um, yeah. I, I liked his time that he spent at Oregon State, but at the time that he left, I think it was probably best. Um, I think he's liking his gig there at, at Utah because he's able to kind of coach and he doesn't have to do any recruiting or anything. Well, you, you know, and I would think, you know, a lot of people love, a lot of coaches love the whole aspect of football and to be the head coach is kind of exciting, mm-hmm. but hell, I'd want to be, I'd want to be second because the head coach gets a lot of crap he doesn't deserve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, I completely agree. You can be that secondary guy. You 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 might have some people that yell at you because they might know you screw up here and there. But you know, when it all comes down to it, you you, you don't you don't you usually don't make the headlines. I agree. So anyway, all right. uh, so we're all it's taking... a su- su- sweet sweet gig. So we're all it's like, taking. It's, it's like being. I was going to say it's like being a roadie for a rock band. You know, you don't have to go up there and perform, but you're still getting the ladies at the end of the night. You get the you get the leftovers, but okay. Yeah, but you still, but even the leftovers are pretty good at a rock concert. There you go. Next up, Peach, Washington State at UCLA. Ooh. You know, Washington State, I, they just, you know, reversal. We're going to go with uh, UCLA, Washington State can't perform in the warm weather. Okay. Kyle says, Wazoo is going to finish losing the Pac-12 North title because of a missed field goal to Stanford. Wazoo wins. Well, Beach, I too am taking Washington State. Okay, so I'm odd man out with UCLA. Yep. 
And last game of the week, Oregon State at Cal. I said we were going to win two out of the next three. I don't know if this is that game, but I'm betting with my odds that I've established for myself because if I pick the Beavs to win for the next three games, I'll at least win two out of those three, right? Yes. So there we go. We're going to go with Oregon State on this one. All right. Kyle says, with some defensive touchdowns, the Beavs get a Pac-12 win. And I, too, am taking the Oregon, I'm taking Oregon State. Yeah. So, there you go. We'll see how this week plays out. Now, Beach, before we move on to anything else, I want to talk about our last tailgater. Yeah, I do, too, Billy. That was a great freaking tailgater. It was a fantastic one. I thought the food turned out amazing. We had pretty good attendance. I think there's about 60 people that showed up. Yes, there Probably was. 60, 65 people that showed yeah. up. We had the, the, the steak turned out phenomenal. <laughs> you know. The pasta it, turned out incredible. Everything was good. Yeah. I mean, I, I normally I'm too busy to eat or eat any any you know amount of food. Mm-hmm. And this one here, I, I partook quite a bit. Yeah, this, the, 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 the and, and churros turned out excellent. And I would just like to say I was a thermodynamic lipid immersion and son of a bitch. (laughs) So because, again, for those of you who are there, thanks for coming. For those of you who weren't, we we did these bacon-wrapped asparagus. Billy did them all, so I'll give credit where credit is. No, no, no. It was myself and Jessica. Okay, so Billy and Jessica. she She helped wrap just as many as I did. Okay, so they they wrapped up and skewered these little bacon bacon wrapped asparagus, and originally we we're gonna cook them on the skewer or on we we're gonna cook them in the Traeger on the grill, and oh we're yeah, first do it we're on the grill. the grill, and then I thought this is gonna take forever. Let's do some on the Traeger, and then Dad suggests he's like, well, why don't you throw them in the deep fryer? And we're like, okay, so we threw one in, cooked it up, gave it to Dad. Dad gave us the okay. He said it was fantastic. So we deep fried the rest of the suckers in there. Huh? And uh, while the nutritional value was lost, the flavor was definitely enhanced. Oh, yeah. So they were they were awesome. So uh, it was just good stuff. I'm sure you can hear that. I can hear that. What's going on? Well, that would be the lovely Miss Jessica. Oh, okay. Is she calling you? No, she is messaging me, and uh, what she's saying is, I helped with the bacon wrapping. I did most of the wrapping. I practically laid down beets. Nice. Yeah. Cause nice. I, I got that. I got that. She's she's the whitest of the white girls out there. Yeah. She also wanted to say, no love for my jello shots. No, her jello shots were amazing. Well, we haven't gotten to that point yet. I mean, I that know, was the whole, I know. Well, that she, was she the can't whole, even hear. She's only hearing half this conversation. I was going to say, well, the, the whole the, the the evolution of the of the Jello shots went from bringing the Jello shots to Greg partaking of the Jello shots to Greg handing out the rest of the Jello shots to Greg slapping butts at a very um, random times to Bill slapping Billy's nuts. <laughs> so it just, yeah, it was just fun had by all. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> but it was a great tailgater, even though it was wet. I thought it was a great time. Oh yeah. And we brought, uh, I brought Lisa down. She got her butt up at four o'clock to, I'm impressed. Be picked, to be picked up. She came, she partook, partook a little much, 
but uh, she had a good time. Good, 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 good. And, like I said, I thought I had a great time. Yeah. It was now, the next tailgater, the final one of the season, is going to be a clean-out-the-pantry kind of game. What do we have left? Well, we've got we've got more churros we can use. We got a whole bunch oh. of crap beads. We're just gonna. Oh, you know, we forgot to mention the churros. The churros turned out great. Oh yeah, yeah, they did. So didn't I have a good idea of how to do that? That was brilliant, and right. I was surprised how well the cinnamon sugar stuck to those suckers. Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I was kind of thinking we were going to be struggling trying to get it to oh, adhere, no. but oh, they no. actually were. They they adhered it adhered well. Yep. So. All right, beach. But yeah, anyways, the game was kind of crummy, but the tailgater was triumphant. Yep, so now we've got uh, next week to uh, mess with as a away game, and then we all come back for for the Philly cheesesteaks and whatever's left in the kitchen. And then uh, you and I, I will be going down to Civil War. Yep, I was trying to talk sweet talk my uh, friend Amanda into joining us for the tailgater next week or two weeks from now, but uh, she said it's her birthday and she has other plans. Oh, what a so, wiener. A little disapp- I thought so, a little disappointed on that one. But. All right, Beach. It is now time for this week's Rosie Ruiz Cheaters and Horrors. She's just a girl! She's a ball! She's a ball! Okay, this week again, like last week, we are going to focus on the whores. So, this week's whore is a gentleman. Hold on here. I need two screens. I have two screens at work, I only have one screen at home. Okay. This Sounds week like a personal is, problem to me. Yes. This week's whore is a gentleman named Ante Joseph, otherwise known as Tony Mandarich. Born uh, September 23, 1966. He was a uh, former football offensive tackle of the NFL. He was the first round draft pick of the Green Bay Packers in 1989. Second overall behind quarterback Troy Aikman and ahead of the third selection running back, Barry Sanders. The fourth selection linebacker, Derek Thomas, and the fifth selection cornerback, Deion Sanders. So kind of an interesting, uh, really high-profile year that year for the top draft picks. Yeah, uh, that's Man- a lot of Hall of Famers right there. It, it really is. Uh, Mandrich is the only player of those five not in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, by the way. He is tied with Charles Rogers and Clinton Jones as the second-highest-drafted Michigan State player ever, uh, behind Bubba Smith, he is also the highest-drafted Canadian-born player in NFL history. In 1989, Sports Illustrated called him the best offensive line prospect ever, but he is now considered one of the biggest busts in NFL history. Mandrich played a senior year of high school football at Theodore Roosevelt High School in Kent, Ohio. Uh, recruited to Michigan State University by defensive back coach Nick Saban, Mandrich played in the 1988 Rose Bowl, was named as a first-team All-American, an Outland Award finalist, and a two-time Big Ten Lineman of the Year. Upon his entry into the 1989 NFL Draft, both scouts and media, most notably Sports Illustrated, which did a cover story on him, nicknamed him the Incredible Bulk, began trumpeting Mandrich as the best defensive line prospect ever, touting his measurables. He weighed 330, ran the 40 in 4.65 seconds, did a standing long jump of 10 foot 3 inches, leaped vertically 30 inches, and bench-pressed 225 pounds and an unheard of 39 times. 
He appeared on the cover of Sports Illustrated twice and was also a colorful character, illustrated by such instances as challenging then-heavyweight boxing champion Mike Tyson to a fight, missing scheduled public appearances due to being drunk or hungover, his well-documented love of the band Guns N' Roses, he actually had a dog named Axel, and a tattoo of the cross design from the cover of Appetite for Destruction on his arm, and referred to the Green Bay as a village. Uh, in the 1989 NFL draft, Mandrich was considered the best prospect for an offensive lineman ever and a top five pick. Mandrich was selected second overall by the Green Bay Packers. Drafted as an offensive tackle, Mandrich never lived up to the very high expectations set for him. After a lengthy holdout, which was not settled until one week before the regular season kicked off, he spent most of his first year on the special teams unit. He was also known for having attitude issues. He was quoted, I am not like other players. I am Tony Mandridge, and they have to understand that. If they don't like it, that is just the way I'm, uh, I am, and they are going to have to learn to like it. After three seasons of lackluster performance on a four-year contract, Mandridge was cut in 1992 by the Packers, citing a non-football injury. Mandridge is often referred to as one of the top five NFL uh, bust NFL draft picks of all time, having uh, been drafted second overall. And again, ahead of the stars, Barry Sanders, Derek Thomas, Deion Sanders, Steve Atwater, Eric Metcalf, and Andre Risen. September 28, 1992, cover Sports Illustrated uh, featured. So he's on a cover again, and uh, they labeled him the NFL's incredible bust. So the question of steroid use has been discussed as a possible factor in Mandrich's spectacular failure, very similar to uh, our previous uh, whore. Yeah. Mandrich... Mandridge did not admit his steroid use until 2008. Until then, he publicly blamed his work ethic. In a 2003 Milwaukee Journal Sentinel article, I wanted to create as much hype as I could for many different reasons. Exposure, negotiation leverage, you name it. And it all worked, except the performance wasn't there when it was time to play football. That's true. After. Yep. After getting cut by the Packers, he went to Traverse City, Michigan for two years, addicted to drugs and alcohol. His family checked him into a rehabilitation clinic on March 23, 1995, and he became sober. Mandrich returned to football for three years between 96 and 98 with the Indianapolis Colts. He had a more successful, if not particularly noteworthy, career with the Colts, and even started all six games during the 1997 season before retiring from football in 1998 due to a shoulder injury. Um, let's see here. Just a little bit more about him since it's kind of a sad, pathetic end. Uh, after his career was over, he moved back to Canada. He owned a golf course and remarried, remarried his wife, Shar in 2004. From September 04 until 05, Mandridge served as an NFL analyst for the Score TV Sports Network in Canada. He quit, uh, he quit in, October two, in October 2005 and moved to Arizona. He now runs a photography studio. He began doing nature photography as a hobby in 1990. Mandrich has expanded his business, named Mandrich Media Group, to include photography, video production, web design, search engine optimization, and internet marketing. Huh. Yeah. How odd. Yeah. So, anyway, kind of, uh, let's see, in March... In the March 2009 issue of Sports Illustrated, he's actually done a lot with Sports Illustrated. He tells about his use and addiction and about his new book called My Dirty Little Secrets, Steroids, Alcohol, and God. Hmm. 
Uh, in that book, Mandrich uh, ascribes his underwhelming performance with the Green Bay Packers to his painkiller addiction, which buffeted his drive uh, and work ethic. His addiction was such that he kept his syringes in his athletic supporter to have his narcotics supply close at hand. Mandrich goes uh, on to describe his traumatic and triumphant stint in rehabilitation and a subsequent return to the NFL. I didn't write the book for forgiveness. Mandrich said, I wrote the book for explanation and for hopefully helping somebody see the light that there is hope for addiction of or, or alcoholism and that you can change and save your life. Yep. So there's a guy who uh, ultimately turned a bad thing good. Still doesn't change the fact that, yeah, he's still kind of a little bit of a whore at the beginning. Yep. But, uh, you know, him, like a lot like uh, like Bosworth, uh, a lot of positives at the end, mm-hmm. even even though they might not have been the best value. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, we talk, we call them whores. They're still whores, but uh, even a whore can turn around. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mary Magdalene. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Better than any, you know, better than a Rosie Ruiz is going to be a cheater. Yeah. So. All right, Beach. Uh, that's a good show number 69. It was good for me, Billy. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 69 of Illegal Participation. Remember, if you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, you can get in touch with us in the following ways. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgator on Twitter, and HeinrichTailgator on Facebook. Remember to listen and subscribe on iTunes. Please leave an iTunes rating review. Listen to the Stitcher Radio app on your iPhone or Android device. And uh, that's it, Beach. Next week will be show number 70. All righty. And we'll be getting ready for the final Heinrich Tailgater of the year. And hopefully we'll be talking about a Pac-12 win for the Beads. Mm-hmm. That would be a good thing. All right. Until then, let's have a great big Go Beads. Let's do this, bitch boy. Realize the Japanese trailer for uh, the new Star Wars uh-huh. film. The very final line is all about Oregon State. Really? Did what you know that? Yeah. They say, hold on, I got to play it. A Japanese trailer, episode seven. Okay, because she says right at the end. Hold on, I gotta skip the ad in three seconds. Skipping the ad. Okay. It's right at the end. She says. Hope is not lost today. It is found. Okay. We are gonna find our hope on Saturday. Okay. I never lost my hope. <laughs>